welcome one and all to the podcast without a cool acronym the podcast where we review disney television animation shows i'm your host john ladoche joining me once again here on the podcast we have andrew reyes hello brendan hello and tony goldmark hello so brendan doesn't have a last name or the <laughs> it is not it has been chosen not to be public it's like it, it's like Prince. You just go by one name. That's yes. cool. He's also known as Monorail Lime on Twitter. <laughs> yes. The Monorail formerly known as Lime. Yes. 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 Yes, yes. exactly. <laughs> um, so we are here today to talk about an episode of uh, Milo Murphy's Law. This specific episode I picked because um, this episode of the podcast is actually going to be coming out on the first day that I am at Cedar Point. So I'm, I'm as this episode is coming out, I'm in the middle of this epic two-week road trip going to eight different parks over two weeks, going Yay. to Worlds of Fun, Silver Dollar City, uh, Holiday World, Kentucky Kingdom, Cedar Point, Kings Island, Dollywood, and Carowinds. So a lot of stuff going on. Also visiting like um, some cool stuff in St. Louis, um, other stuff in, uh, we're going to Marsley, Missouri, and um, maybe some other stuff outside Branson and in Pigeon Forge. Um, so a lot of that, stuff going on. That's a lot of minimal theming. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, so, some of the parks are pretty well themed. Like you got Silver Dollar City and Dollywood and um, Holiday World has at least some theming. All uh, those parks yeah, have more theming enough. than DCA 1.0. <laughs> fair enough. I uh, enough. One of my one of my supervisors at um, Space when I was uh, telling him about this trip was like, oh, so, uh, Silver Dollar City is my favorite out of, out of all the parks you're going to. So I'm like, I'm looking forward to that because uh, so Knott's Berry Farm is like if Frontierland was half the park Silver Dollar City is like if Frontierland was the whole park <laughs> mm. <laughs> so uh, fun stuff I'm looking forward to and it's up in the mountains too so a lot, a lot of cool stuff I wish um, I could travel people are always <laughs> devoting large sections of their parks to the cheapest one in the original Disneyland which is also <laughs> the most immediately outdated yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just a bunch of sand on the ground. Sure, that's a park. <laughs> Lots of sand and wooden, just wood. Yeah. <laughs> and donkeys. Yeah. Sand Lots and of wood and donkeys and trains. <laughs> Lots of trains. Well, trains so, are everywhere. So speaking of roadside attractions, um, the the first half of the episode of Milo Murphy's Law, well, first, because um, I, I haven't had a, a, any of you on here to talk about Milo Murphy's Law before, so really quick. Obviously, Tony, we all know, is a huge Weird Al fan and has already talked about Milo Murphy's Law twice on his own podcast. Indeed, I have. And indeed, I am. Um, but Andrew and Brendan, what is your connection to Weird Al and Milo Murphy's Law? Funny enough, it was Milo Murphy's Law that I was like, huh, Weird Al Yankovic, that name sounds familiar. So I looked him up on like the internet and I started getting into his music and I've absolutely loved him ever since then. And I'm just like, this guy is like a musical genius. Like the way he's able to take pre-existing music and mash it up into this like comedy, like uh, I guess the right word for it is a parody song. And the way he yeah, does it or, so perfectly. Or just a parody. It's, yeah, because it's parody. parody songs could be so easily messed up. But yeah. Weird Al just knows exactly how to do it using all the sound effects and like the, the uh, what's the... I just blanked on the instrument he commonly uses. Accordion. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Parodies <laughs> are the, 
they're the easiest thing to do horribly and the hardest thing to do well. Absolutely. They're it, it, it is is the way I like to put it because there's there's a million just horrible song parodies out there um a couple of which not gonna lie al did in his early days not, not all of them are gold i'll be the first to admit that but um but but to really do it as well as he eventually got good at doing it uh it it, it takes talent you know you can't just you know write down the first parody verse parody lyric you come up with you actually gotta fine to like like i've read articles about al's writing process and he is just intense like he like for every lyric he writes there's like 10 he discards he's that much of a perfectionist about it but and but that's anyway how we, uh, <laughs> that's how we wound up with food rocks at epcot <laughs> oh yes of course the parody songs fished out of weird al's garbage as i put it in my epcot video um i'm, I'm glad we were all on the same wavelength with that we were all thinking hey, it's the songs <laughs> Weird Al throughout. from Weird Al's garbage. garbage. Food, food Rocks was so bad. Oh my god! I, I was barely around when Food Rocks uh, was yeah, in the parks. Too. It was like it was there one time. I was at Epcot and I passed by it and didn't think of anything of it. Yeah, it was there like maybe the second or third time I visited Epcot. The fourth time, walls were up for Soren. See, yeah. I. I feel like I missed out on Kitchen Cabaret. Like that was the really <laughs> fun version of Food oh, Rocks yeah. and that actually played around with it. And then in the fucking 90s, everyone was so goddamn health conscious. It was like, oh, we got to really inject the educational message about the, uh, the eating healthily. And we got to make every lyric about, about, about the food ask, t- singing at you to eat them to eat them really healthily and shits it's so fucked up when you was it just the time when everyone was like obsessively compulsive about education in like media in general or something yeah it was it was partly that i think i think there was a lot of won't someone think of the childrenism back in the 90s uh i i do know bringing it back to weird al that's what ruined the weird al show yeah Yeah, famously i i I did an episode of of channel krt all about that but um but yeah in 1997 for 13 glorious episodes weird al had his own saturday morning kids show on cbs but it just was yeah it it was it was hindered so much by the network enforced by way of fcc enforced educational objective that he had to cram into every episode that just it it kept interrupting the comic momentum and making the show not everything it could have been and uh and i feel like the same thing kind of happened at epcot i even kind of made that specific visual connection in my 30 years of epcot video which i did almost 10 years ago um but uh, but he um, goes on vacation to learn shit (laughs) well well well, you know what i mean haley my good friend haley actually clarified that for me it's not that people don't go on vacation to learn shit they don't go on vacation to be taught shit yeah there's a difference like no one wants to be lectured but people do love learning things on their own time they just have to feel like they're in control of 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 how they're learning it and they're not just being lectured at i mean you know epcot for many years i don't know why they still insisted on this after eisner took over like two years into epcot's existence but anyway we're going off we're getting off track but the short version is (laughs) yeah 
like for so many years, everything built at Epcot had to have that educational objective to it. And I'm not honestly sure why. Maybe they were getting I mean, tax. Maybe they were getting tax credits or something because <laughs> schools were bringing field trips to Epcot or something. You know, that, I don't know. That's they, kind of funny. Honestly, agree with what Tony just said. I think it was the idea of oh, we can make money off schools coming for field trips. In yeah, fact, yeah. When I was in fourth grade, uh, yeah, I had a field trip to Epcot, and I wasn't well, sure why. But then, you know, when I was there, I was like, oh, because there's just this so the much learning stuff, especially going on like Universe of Energy, where it's mm. all about where Bill Nye, the science guy and whatever was there. Anyways, so, yeah. So it was so. already Bill Nye and Ellen by the time you uh, by the time you were in fourth grade or, or yeah, was it the it, original. No, it was it, it, it was the it was Ellen's energy adventure. I think cool. I think. uh I forget exactly. Soren had just opened, I think. Okay, so that, that that would have been the mid two thousands. All right, it was it was the mid two thousands. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, transitioning back into Milo Murphy's Law, which educates right, right, children right. clearly about physics. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, the nice, I mean, that was honestly a big. I mean, not to get all historical on it, but uh, that was a big reason why so many of the hit animated TV shows, uh, especially for kids of the 2000s and beyond were from basic cable of, of outlets like the Disney Channel and Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network is because they didn't have to abide by the FCC standards of educational programming. In fact, mm -hmm. the, the executives at those networks specifically discouraged creators from pitching them anything even remotely educational just because they knew that shit doesn't sell as well yeah. as the fun stuff. and. And like, I remember in 2007, I went to uh, the Kalamazoo Animation Festival International in Kalamazoo, Michigan, back when I lived in the Midwest. And I, and one of the events I attended was, a car, I believe a Cartoon Network uh, network exec, just giving everybody tips on how to pitch your show. And one of mm -hmm. the big things she insisted on was don't even bother pitching us educational stuff. We're not going to look at it. We don't care. It's, yes. I think you mentioned that on uh, on Escape from Vault Disney. Yeah, I, I, um, or either that or KRT. Yeah, I I, I regurgitate stories. I think, all I think the time. it might have been KRT. <laughs> yeah, I think it was KRT. And like, just speaking of like that, real quick, I think that's why Disney produced the Bill Nye Show in the '90s, so they could have that educational but fun show they could just shove out whenever. Well, that was shown is. on PBS, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. So yeah it but I, it was produced by Disney. I don't yeah. know why it's not on Disney Plus, because there'd be a huge... It maybe be. maybe it's just... You know what? It's probably the music clearance, because that's I remember every it. episode of Bill Nye, they had a song parody, bringing that's, it back to song parodies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think, I think but, uh, one of the few shows that really thrived with having to do educational stuff, but still doing it really well and really, really funny was Animaniacs. Oh, yeah. Well, well, I mean, uh, Edic recently did a video on this on YouTube of how the Animaniacs basically tricked the FCC into letting them get away with calling themselves an educational show by, oh, here's Yakko singing all the nations of the world. Yeah. Well, how the fuck is that educational exactly when you really think about it? But they were able to get away with it. Although, uh, you credit where it's due, it was specifically because of Animaniacs 
that I, as a 13-year-old kid, could name all then 43 president or, or 42 presidents of the United States uh, because I had the president song memorized. Uh, and that that really impressed everybody uh, when we when my eighth grade class had a big field trip to Washington, D.C. So, yeah, I was the only kid who could name all 42 presidents thanks to Animaniacs. So, Animaniacs. Thank you, Animaniacs. <laughs> But back to Milo um, Murphy's Law. Yeah. Absolutely, yes. So, so like, um, as far as my uh, overall experience with, uh, with Weird Al in general, I mean, like, I didn't uh, necessarily uh, know Weird Al until White and Nerdy came out, and that was, like, played on the radios and stuff. <laughs> um, and I didn't think much of Weird Al after that, except he kept, like, popping up here and there with, like, a parody song on the radio and, and whatever. Um, and then, you know kind of coming across some jerk with a camera <laughs> uh pretty much like any time that any opportunity you get to put a weird owl joke in there oh like, yeah slowly but surely increased my interest in weird owl so like, um actually there was a, like another song that I, like probably my, my favorite song from his is dare to be stupid just because oh yeah, yeah. It, it's it's just like i I don't know why I love the song. It's just so it's it it's is just, an anthem. It, it is. is it really it is. is. It is a it is it's not just a song, it's a way of life. It's a philosophy. <laughs> it's it, it it's ingenious. I mean I mean it's a it's a I mean Al not only does song parodies, uh he also uh, half of his catalog is original material oh, and yeah. most and most of his original and Dare to be Stupid is an original song, but like most of his original songs it's a pastiche of a specific uh, artist or subgenre. In this case, Devo. Uh, yeah. It's, oh, it, okay. Yeah, it's that... a huge uh, style parody of the band Devo. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, uh, this is another tangent, but uh, so in 2018, he went out on tour on what he called the Ridiculously Self-Indulgent Ill-Advised Vanity Tour, <laughs> which is the one big tour he's done in the last, like, 30 40 years where he didn't have the video screens he didn't have costume changes it was literally just it was kind of it was almost an unplugged set even though it wasn't really hmm. where he and the band would just sit on stools and just sing mostly his original stuff wow. and um and one thing and and they rotated the set list so it wasn't the same many many two times it was it was really cool um, but on that tour, he performed an alternate version of Dare to be Stupid in the style of the Grateful Dead, which was like, which oh. was like this old time, like folksy, put down the chainsaw and listen to me. It's time for... <laughs> now, what I love about that, what I, what I absolutely love about that is that in my headcanon, where where all of Weird Al's songs are like we're are like real songs in some alternate universe or something. In my head canon, that's the original version. It's like a classic Grateful <laughs> Dead song, and the album version is Devo's postmodern cover of it. Like like how they did a postmodern cover of Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones. They they did want to dare to be stupid too. So. Uh -oh. That's where that, that's how deep into Weird Al fandom I am. Just, oh. just warning y'all. You know that's that's what they're gonna retheme Rock and Roller Coaster to once the Aerosmith contract. Oh They're just God, blasting "Dare to Be Stupid" in your ears as you fly. Rock and Roller Coaster starring Weird Al. I will. I, Swiss, I I will riot if they don't. That the is the Swiss Posca coaster. I've ever heard. 
That would actually be cool. The squick Swiska poster. That would be that would be a tongue twister too. Swiss a polka coaster. Uh, It'd be a combination of the unbuilt Epcot attraction and rock and roller coaster. <laughs> a, a Weird Al Yank coaster. <laughs> Weird Al. Yeah, Weird Al Yank coaster. That would that would be amazing. <laughs> Weird Al, the official ambassador. It, to make it happen, damn it! Make it happen. <laughs> make it happen. I anyway. will. Pers- I will personally poison Steven Tyler. No, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> you can't threats. Not that you can. Or, nah. or, or don't. I don't care. Anyway. <laughs> Um, but back, uh, like to Milo Murphy's law, um, we're going to be saying that a lot. I get, yeah, (laughs) take a shot every time we uh, say back to Milo Murphy's law, we're sending you back to Milo Murphy's law. (laughs) Um, so like, as far as my, like, I, I can't remember, like, I know that it was being advertised when Phineas and Ferb was already like done on Disney channel. And, um, I also didn't think much of it because I don't think I had Disney XD by the time um like but by, by, by that i think my like my interest with with milo murphy's law kind of peaked when i think you, when you started talking about it tony on escape from vault disney because cool. when like when you started because when you were talking about the episode i was like what kind of show is this and uh so i started watching it and never stopped <laughs> almost um i never. stopped some I stopped somewhere. You're still in watching it to this day, as a matter of fact. Basically, uh, I, I stopped somewhere in the middle of season two, but it is a fantastic show and pretty much one of my favorite shows to watch now. I'll even probably rewatch it at some point. Um, but it is just a fun, a fun show. Like I just love it, love it, love it so much. And give us season three, damn it, Disney! Come on, give us season I mean, three. Release the soundtrack. Oh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, the soundtrack. Chop, chop, chop. Absolutely. I mean, definitely because this show was able to pull off an entire episode that takes place in a stuck elevator and make it work. Yes. That's <laughs> so much for M Night Shyamalan's Devil. Yep. (laughs) So it's kind of funny because with the episodes that um, Tony, you covered on Escape from Walt Disney, it was kind of two of the big um, episodes relating with all the time travel stuff. This is well before that. This is the sixth episode. Yeah. They're they're just kind of planting the pistachio seeds for it in this episode. This is this is what episode five or four. This is episode um, six, I do believe. Six. Okay. Yeah, I covered, uh, I, I don't remember exactly, I, I think I covered uh, the two-parter, which was season one, episodes 12 and 13, and then I covered, I want to say, season one, episode eight, um, in, I, and, uh, you know, because all my, everything's chosen by randomizer. I, I think the first one I covered for Patreon request month, and then uh, someone just requested any random Milo Murphy episode. And then for my 27th episode, because Weird Al has a connection to the number 27, I did like a Weird Al specific episode where I yes. only had the randomizer choose from a short list of stuff on Disney Plus that Weird Al was a part of. So, um, so and, and surprise, surprise, it chose a Milo Murphy's Law episode because <laughs> that makes up like 41 out of 47 choices that it had. Right. But... <laughs> But it was, um, but it was, um, but it was fun covering those shows. But yeah, you're right. Both of those shows did very heavily and prominently feature the kind of background time travel shenanigans, which became its own arc over the course of the series. And at this point, I don't think Milo had officially met Dakota and Cavendish yet. Uh, they, it, 
they, they were just sort of in the background and you didn't know what their deal was yet. And, uh, and I'm sure we'll talk about that when we get into these episodes in particular. I'm pretty sure well, at this I'm... point, Dakota and uh, they were, they were getting kind of uh, suspicious of Milo and that's when they're starting to like investigate him. Yeah, I can't right, remember right. if it was before or after this episode when they started being sus of Milo, like just being around whenever these shenanigans, terrible things happen. They're not I, think they, I think they started <laughs> getting really, I, I feel like they started getting really suspicious when um, uh, in, in, the, in the season one, episode eight, the, the second one I covered, which was earlier than first, it, it's, right. it's, it's all stupid. So yeah. <laughs> So um, this episode, the, the two halves of it are, of course, Family Vacation and Murphy's Lard. Uh, family Vacation, of course, the Murphy family goes on a road trip to nowhere in particular because, um, of course, they've tried planning it before and it never Kicking it Mr. Out. Toad style. So, just, yeah, nowhere in particular. Reference. And um, it, it's, it's funny because at the beginning of the episode... Um, Melissa's telling Zach, you know, Murphy family vacations are historic. Uh, Titanic, the Hindenburg, Mount Vesuvius? Well, nobody <laughs> talks about the quiet. Are the Murphys like terrorists? <laughs> Did they cause like these yes. terrible disasters? <laughs> they, um, Murphys, hashtag Murphys did 9 11. <laughs> Learn the truth. <laughs> Wake up, sheeple. <laughs> Eminon. Hashtag the Murphys <laughs> there, There's someone just in a basement with like uh with like a, a board with all the, the, the push pins and the red string connecting all these different events yep. across history. Pepe Sylvia fucking <laughs> it wasn't Loki, it was the Murphys. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it was the Murphys all along. You know, I wish this episode is the one I wish uh uh they had Weird Al sing a parody of um, Holiday Road because it's a, uh, it reminds me a lot of the vacation movies, this section of the episode. Well, and they I thought kinda, it would have fit so well. It, well, they kind of do. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, the song they sing in the episode, The Murphy Family Vacation, mm-hmm. uh, it is directly a pastiche of Holiday Road by oh, yeah. Buckingham, of course, made famous in the Chevy Chase classic National Lampoon's Vacation. Um. And by the way, uh, so of course, as we said, Weird Al voices Milo, and his sister Sarah is voiced by Kate Micucci of, of Garfunkel course. and Oates. So mm-hmm. both, so two comedy musicians. Uh, and believe it or not, this is not the first time they've collaborated because uh, they, they both basically sing duet vocal, duet lead vocals on Murphy Family Vacation. Uh, they were also both on the same episode of Conan together in 2016. <laughs> and even earlier, back in 2011, Al played accordion on stage with them at a show they did in Los Angeles. And he joined them uh, on duet vocals and background accordion for their We Are the World pastiche, Save the Rich. So <laughs> yeah, go, go, just search uh, Save the Rich, Garfunkel, Oates, Weird Al. and That, that sounds it, so it'll, perfect. It'll come right up. That so. sounds so perfect. It's, it, it's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I've always found kind of funny is that, um, of course, um, one of the other lead characters in this show, of course, is um, Melissa, played by Sabrina Carpenter. And mm-hmm. what's yep. funny is she never sings once during the entirety of the show, or when she is supposed to be singing, it's not her voice. Really? Um, and from what I That's, understand, what? it's 
yeah, for what I understand, it's because it would have been too expensive to get her to sing when they already also have Weird Al on the show. It would have been too oh, expensive really? to pay, that, that's I think, her so... agent for it or whatever. So it's like was. Michael Jackson on The Simpsons where they had Pretty to much. get a different vocal. Wow, that that is that is not that's... good. Yeah, she never sings she... once during the entirety of the show. But she was a Disney Channel. Yeah, exactly. She was a Disney Channel star. I wonder if they would have contracted a record label or something. I don't know. I don't know. I I get they like typically she she was she was too busy being an inferior vocalist to the real girl from Clouds. But I guess apparently. (laughs) Correct me if I'm wrong, but does Milo take place at the same time as Phineas and Ferb or after? Um. It it supposedly takes place the the immediate fall after yeah okay. um but that's kind of nebulous because it's also shown later in an episode it's like oh it, um so the current year is like I think it was like 2018 it's like well hold on because in the in in the pilot um and in the first season like candace has a flip phone so it's like when does phineas and verb take place it's really it's a cartoon yeah yeah, it's a cartoon so i wouldn't care just repeat to yourself it's just a show you should really just relax (laughs) yeah basically i I would have but it is kind of funny episode where they if you remember the phineas and verb episode where they build the uh truck stop on top of their rv (laughs) yes i was thinking about that one actually in the background that just drives by (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There, there's a couple of Phineas and Ferb references in this episode. Yeah. Uh, well, so oh yeah, in the second half. But we'll get I mean, to I that mean the, the the big one is in the second half, of course. But yeah. this yeah. is where they were. This is where they were starting to plant the seeds that these two universes were connected. So yeah, I don't, I don't remember if it was Danville. before or after this. It, no. I don't remember if it was before or after this. They specifically pl- uh, plugged that it was Danville that they were in because it's like, oh, oh yeah. okay. Yeah, they are in Danville. Yeah, so. they are in Danville. Um, I'm sorry, I can't stop thinking that Sabrina Carpenter was too expensive to get for to sing for this show, and it made me think, okay, how much was she for singing the Girl Meets World theme song? Because like, <laughs> I, that I, I I'm sorry, that is. <laughs> This is messing well, the other with my thing brain. that's kind of interesting is that like you know Phineas and Ferb and Gravity Falls would always have um, little credit scenes that would play over the credits. Um, yeah, Milo doesn't have that because again, apparently too expensive now to do that. So hmm. it just has those still frames <laughs> at the end instead, which I still I, I mean I like those. They're they're obviously um, look nice. A lot of those are actually um, drawn by uh, Ashley and Michelle Simpson. Um, who was the hmm. character designer they hired on for Act Your Age um, as a result of the fan art she had given Dan and Swampy of hmm. the older versions of the characters. So, you know, that's that's pretty cool because she does cool art. Um, Not to be confused with uh, pieces of me, Ashley Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> right. Different, different, different person. Completely different. Um, um, so, of course, um, and... and um, the other thing is uh, Sarah, of course, is obsessed with time travel, specifically um, the show Doctor Zone. Um, of course. And um, uh, Martin, the dad, makes a um, is like is like make sure everyone goes before we leave. And and um, Sarah's like, how can we go before we leave? Unless it's time travel. Okay, Sarah's ready to go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I love that the moment they said the name of the show, I was like, oh, that's a Doctor Who reference. It's um, Doctor Who, The Twilight Zone, Zone. and The X-Files. Yes. 
I would actually love a show that's all three of those. Why doesn't Disney actually make this into like a spinoff? That would be amazing. I'd I'd watch it. Yeah, I'd watch oh, yeah. it too. Um. So of course, um, as the Murphys are going on vacation, it's um, you know, they have to have like a whole bunch of you know backups. Like like they have a spare, 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 spare. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, oh, our seat cushion is a flotation device and a spare, spare, spare. Are they are they <laughs> driving on I four because the amount of potholes and nails would require a spare? <laughs> spare, spare, spare. Oh, oh no! Well, it, yeah. it it is it does have a shitload of uh, tacky tourist attractions. So yes, yes. one of the one <laughs> yeah. of the gags that I love as they're driving during the whole song montage is there's a shipment of bottle that gets pulled down by a kraken. There's a shipment of what? <laughs> There's bottle. a ship in a bottle. The world's oh. largest ship in a bottle, and it gets pulled down oh. by a kraken. <laughs> the only thing that this show, like this show, is just like we can do literally any sight gag we want, and it would make sense. Yeah, of course. I got that. I'm, I'm sorry. I got the I four confused with the one ninety two, didn't I? The, oh, the yeah. one ninety. The one ninety two is the one yeah. with all the with all the touristy. Okay. Yeah. I'm, yeah. The, not a Florida yeah. native. The one ninety four is perpetually to, uh, under construction. So yeah. ah, the ah, the one ninety two because one building that looks like Gandalf just wasn't enough. Yep. The other has to look like Dumbledore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, one ninety two. <laughs> or no, they're the two different Gandalfs. <laughs> right. Uh, also, uh, apparently, Circleville's main attraction is that roundabout, which is why they just go around it so many times. Yeah. Circleville. Circleville. No, only Circleville. only roundabout in the country, apparently. <laughs> I guess. Is the whole town just roundabouts? Nobody lives there. It's just roundabouts. Stopping there is pointless. I also noticed ah, in... wait, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I also noticed in that opening song montage, uh, because it's a show where you can't have brand names, I guess. Milo is eating from a bag of chips that just says fresh chips. Fresh Fresh (laughs) exclamation point chips. That's all it is. You've never had fresh uh, fresh chips brand fresh chips? Nope. I've I've had granola. I'm a, I'm a I'm a rotten chips man myself. That's, <laughs> so I'm going to start selling fresh chips in the Disney parks. <laughs> so I actually, guess you could never have a character drinking anything that's supposed to be like something like Dr. Pepper because all of those different um, pseudo names have already been used by 87 different chain grocery stores that want to have their own version of Dr. like, a, like a generic Dr. Pepper. Right. It's actually... I mean, it's actually kind of funny because like one time uh you know i was just eating granola bars and the 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 rapper just says granola bar so it's like someone else was just like are you enjoying your granola bar brand granola bar (laughs) so uh, it 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 exists in real life too just regular brand regular stuff i mean one um one brand of chips that you see all the time in live action uh, shows is Let's Brand Chips. Like, Community yeah. even specifically made fun of Let's Brand Chips in, in one episode. Yes. But uh, I forget what they called it. But No, no, no they called it Let's Brand Chips. Uh, oh, and, oh, they, they, but they, but okay. you see that in the background of, like, every live action show just because, you know, it, it's, it, 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 there's no copyright to it. I, I think just the props for for or, or set designers they 
you know, they get bags that look like bags of chips and they just come in th- those little things that, that say let's on them. So, so look yes. for that. So that's further confirmation of the Tommy Westfall universe. That's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he imagined let's brand potato chips. I don't um, think we've mentioned how good the theme song is for this show. It's a good oh, one. Definitely. Yeah, that's a good one. I do not. I, I like the, the theme song is great. And I, cannot find it in myself to skip it because like every single episode i, I just leave the theme song playing because uh it's 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 a great it's a it's a good theme song uh, it's i guess it's not necessarily anything like amazing but i just i just love it it's just really it's, catchy yeah. and, it's a great one definitely it's just yes. fun and there's so much going on in the background too it's oh like yeah you can look around <laughs> and find different stuff you know each time we watch it through and I think there's some episodes where they change little things depending on what the episode's about. Because I noticed there's little slight differences in the background characters. So going off of that, actually, one interesting thing that they tried to do that I wish had been more of a thing because it would have been really cool was, um, like, it was a cool idea, was they had a few um, scenes in some episodes where Upon reruns, um, Cavendish and Dakota were somewhere in the background that they weren't there when it originally aired. Really? Yeah. Um, but only like a, a couple of people noticed it because go figure, they weren't really, you know, that good at scheduling things. Of course. And of mm-hmm. course, as we all know, they've definitely learned their lesson and gotten better with scheduling. Cough, cough. Sure. Yeah. Uh... It's not easy being green. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm like I don't know Tony if you're familiar with the recent. Fiasco. Yeah, I, I I heard about it. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it was a mess. It was a big mess. I mean, the it, it, it it's it's like okay, this is a this is a separate rant, but it's like they they did that with fucking Magiswords too in the last few episodes of of magisword of uh, mighty magiswords created by mm. my friend kyle carosa and uh, my other good friend luke ski uh was a story artist on it um you know the last the last season or so they just would air them at like 6 a.m monday mornings or, or weekday mornings or something just burning uh. them off and it was just you know I, I mean the problem is you know with these with the economics of these shows and and it's kind of across the board this way just just throughout the entire industry i guess they've all collectively decided that the most profitable possible fucking way of doing these shows is by giving every show a two season 40 episode commitment right off the bat and uh and just saying and and you know two seasons of 20 episodes each uh, you you commit to that and then if your show becomes a huge 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 hit like on the level of um you know spongebob or adventure time or or phineas and ferb or something or steven universe or something like that then and only then you get to make more episodes but if you're anything less than a massive earth-shaking part of the big huge zeitgeist that everyone's talking about then you're done after 40 episodes and they couldn't give uh, and they don't give a shit about you. It's like, be, be, and, and, and I get where they're coming from, from a strictly economics view, because advertisers, 
you know, will pay more to be advertised during reruns of a successful show than new episodes of an unsuccessful show. And that's why, you know, with, with TV dying nowadays, you turn on Cartoon Network and it's just Teen Titans Go reruns all fucking day. You turn on Nick and it's just SpongeBob reruns all day. And it's not just kids uh, channels. You know, you turn on Comedy Central, it's South Park reruns all fucking day. Yeah. Mm. And, and it's like, and you, you know, and and that's part and that in turn contributes to why tv is dying and more people can go to streaming services when they can where they can actually discover new shit but and and so it's a vicious cycle that's you know causing the tv industry itself to slowly go down the drain but um but it really does play hell on the creators of this show of of you know smaller shows that don't do as well like milo murphy and my yeah. mighty magiswords you know it's uh it's it's rough, you know. Please and make I sure you watch agree Hamster and Gretel, what Tony guys. said. Yep. <laughs> has uh, the way I visualized the last like five or so years of the Disney Channel and Disney XD. You know that scene in Hercules with the witches and they're about to cut the hair. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like that. It, it's exactly like that. They're just waiting for the right moment to just cut their Disney's TV stuff because I could mm-hmm. see them changing the name from Walt Disney Animation to Walt Disney streaming animation sure because when did disney channel originally launch that was like well the, the was... disney channel originally launched in 83 right it was um but it was a pay tv channel it right, was like a premium chant it was a premium cable channel for the first 15 20 years or so of its existence my family first started getting the disney channel in like 96 97 and i remember like if you stayed up late, they would literally play like old TV specials of like Epcot's opening or something. Oh my shit. god! Like, it it they called it Vault Disney, which is where Escape from Vault Disney comes from, where mm-hmm. they would just show all this archived material, and it was great. But you know, and they don't they don't do that anymore. Yeah, I want all that on Disney because I saw I saw someone argue not too long ago. Oh, they're not gonna they're not gonna kill Disney Channel. It's about to celebrate its 40th anniversary. I'm like, that doesn't matter if it's not being successful anymore. Yeah, no, and it, these shows it, can yeah. do a lot better on Disney Plus. Tell television is dying. I mean, I mean, except for like the the big networks. I mean, those are doing fine because old people still watch them. But otherwise. Oh but fucking boomers still watch them but freaking like basic basic channels like cbs and whatever yeah basic uh, basic cable channels unless your niche audience is old people you know (laughs) good goodbye lifetime years everyone's because everyone's just watching streaming and why wouldn't they (laughs) it's better yeah yeah it it's it's really unfortunate like i um i I guess this is kind of a, a little not uh it's kind of a little tangent but uh like nickelodeon definitely had like this sort of thing where uh even with their blocks like slime time live uh you know was a prominent thing for kids after school because every time kids were done with their like homework and all that stuff they would tune into slime time live just to have a little bit of fun and everything but then towards the end of its run they switched it to mornings for some reason and it, and it only showed on weekdays. And by that time, kids were either getting ready for school or already at school. Yeah, so it made it's... zero sense to have this like fun uh, block, which is not live. <coughs> it's just pre-recorded, uh, just air while kids are at school. Like, of course, that was going to 
like they, they, that was going to kill off slime time life it's like I that was just forced. a stupid like to me i always thought like you know decisions like that were just stupid decisions yeah. um but i guess it was more economical than that anyway on to the second part of are we done with the first part? <laughs> Not quite yet, but it's all Artie's fault as far as scheduling is, is concerned. It's all oh, Artie's yeah. fault. Like <laughs> and also, I feel like people who write these TV shows, specifically the live action ones, are so out of touch with today's kids. Those shows immediately after they debut are just outdated, cringy, unfunny, and nobody wants to watch them. And I feel like if Disney completely kills off the live action like sitcom show idea maybe television walt disney picture stuff could be saved maybe, maybe i don't know but uh, you know you, you tune into a modern day disney sitcom it's like do kids say actually watch this crap because it's really dumb <laughs> i question that with really nickelodeon's dumb. current shows like it uh, i mean as far as live action shows it's eh, never never underestimate kids ability to watch anything well, yeah, that, yeah, I mean, I, I was, I, I was, I was gonna say, I'm like, well, yeah, it's really dumb, but then again, I mean, kids are on I mean, TikTok. Jesus, Jesus Christ, adults watch fucking Newsmax. I mean, I mean, think of how much. <laughs> and, and and I mean, what 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 passes for content on TikTok these days? Um, apparently, drinking water out of fountains in public. Oh, uh, don't get me started on that. <laughs> Oh my God! Good Lord, that guy, that guy pisses me off so much. Oh I mean, God. look, look, look! It's okay for me to start ranting about the whippersnappers. You're way too young to be doing it, Andrew. I can already tell. <laughs> uh, Tony is. You're, you're a fucking zoomer. I don't know what you're doing. Anyway, I, uh, wait, uh, uh, let's see, mid twenties. I, I, I mean, uh, I, I was kind of like confused myself today. with. I always kind of confuse myself with a millennial because I, I feel like I was born kind of right on the edge of where yeah. it's, it's That's either Zoom or too. But I also just kind of associate myself with the millennial crowd because I just feel like, I don't know, I just feel like I relate with them more. I, 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 I do not speak for the Zoomers, so. Okay. I don't. <laughs> I yeah, don't. I'm right on, I'm right on the border between Gen X and millennial myself. So, you know, it's. The space between spaces here. The space. Yeah. Yes. The space anyway, the mention of. So, so, should we talk about? Should we talk about the creepy shining twins? Yeah, I don't know the, why yeah. design wise they decided. Yeah, we're just gonna make them the twins from the shining, more or less. Like, are I, kids I, gonna get that reference, or is it more for the adults watching? And, and well, also, they're mostly portrayed as normal kids, even if they're. But they you don't. Know, a- but also, they don't talk like the twins from The Shining. No, they, they don't, don't at all. Come play with us, Milo. They don't do that, you know. It's, so it's although there is a Kubrick reference in the other fucking segment, but we'll get to that. <laughs> but the um, um but I, I I don't know. Maybe they just maybe they just thought eh, it's an artistic flourish. We'll just make them twins. Why not? I mean, um, compared to every other you know children's show or movie that has ever referenced The Shining. It's always The Shining girls, like the, the right, twin right. girls. But this, in this case, I, I don't think I ever really got that vibe that they were just The Shining twins. They were just kind of twins. That... I feel like they were dressed like them. Is, yeah. is, oh, yeah. is it my imagination or? They I were, they the were dressed like them. Yeah, yeah, they were dressed like I'm them. I'm not sure why. Oh, we... oh, hold on a sec. Oh, what? Hey, um, 
we're yeah you're kind of too late we're already we, are, we had already started recording suddenly a man appears yeah that's um Deagle. hold on so oh excited. well like oh. hang on hello a man <laughs> a man appears <laughs> all of a sudden he unmutes it's weird al yankovic himself <laughs> <laughs> sure why not It's actually Sabrina Carpenter coming to sing. (laughs) (laughs) No, we can't afford her. We can't afford that. (laughs) I have three (laughs) dollars. That's like Disney when they create a new show. We have three (laughs) dollars. We'll get the real Sammy Brown to sing instead. The the girl Um, she played in Clouds. (laughs) The real Sammy Brown. The real. Well, the real Sammy Brown, please. Show yourself. Yes. They're just gonna get Kermit she to sing all the singing, theme song. She had a better singing voice anyway. Anyway, I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm, I'm relitigating yeah. old fucking Escape from Vault Disney episodes. Oh no, <laughs> I call them old. It, that episode was from two months ago. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um. So, anyways, um. Oh yeah, it's okay. Though. So yeah, so yeah, there's a big stuff. Yeah, sure. The... Just listen. Yeah, so there's a mix-up at the gas station where Milo gets in the wrong um, RV, and that's how he ends up with the Brulee family, uh-huh. um, with of course the t- the Shining Twins and the the mom who's kind of just there, and the dad who's obsessed with having them go to the Grand Canyon because it's the only trip they ever go on. Yeah, the dad uh, the dad is one of those guys who ruins vacations by being way too schedule obsessed, um, uh. which is. Which is kind of how I used to be. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to be a lot more relaxed in in recent years by focusing I'll... on by focusing on making sure that if I'm being stringent to a schedule that it's for the sake of what everyone else in the group wants. Yeah, but... I'll be honest. I used to be like that as well. Like oh, yeah, just same. very stringent on planning and where to go and all that stuff. And and just recently in recent years, I've yeah, I'm just kind of wanting to just chill and enjoy the parks for once and just uh, let everyone else enjoy things too. I, I do feel like it's very specifically a, a parks thing. Um, yeah. Like, like, I, I mean, what, I mean, what really sucks, like, like I, like I've known a couple people, I won't name names who like they, they want to, basically there's two schools of thought on how to do a theme park or or how how to go about it It, this is all talking pre-pandemic days which hopefully (laughs) hopefully we'll return to this kind of aesthetic someday uh hopefully basically there's two schools of thought either you try to plan out as much as you can and you say okay we'll do this ride and then get a fast pass for this ride and that'll give us time to make this show that we want to catch and then we'll do this and then we'll have time to do that and you know blah 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 and you you kind of you you learn as much about the parks in advance as you can and then you you know attack it bam 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 um the other school of thought is you just kind of go with the flow and and be spontaneous about it and do whatever feels right in the moment now both are perfectly valid both are perfectly valid ways to do a theme park my problem is when you again i'm not going to name names but when you encounter someone who wants to do the second thing but expects the results of the first thing Uh, ah yeah yeah it's like it's like no if you look if you really 
if we're gonna do, if you really want to achieve results here, uh, I'm gonna need to, I'm gonna need you to actually answer some questions definitively. Like, do you want to do this right? I don't know. I just want, I, I don't know. It's, it, it, it's it, that that can get frustrating sometimes. But what are you gonna do? <laughs> this is yeah. the kind of dad that goes to a Disney park, and the first thing they ride is "It's a Small World." Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> Or the people who waste all of their fast passes on like the spinny rides. I'm like, what? I, I've, I've had people come up to me like that and they're like, these are our fast passes. I'm like, I'm going to help you get better ones because this is not going to be a good day for you. <laughs> we're going like, to ride the Dumbo. We're going to ride the Magic Carpets of Aladdin. And we're going to ride the Astro Orbiter. Just, we want just, to go on Space Mountain. Does that... Philhar Magic <laughs> still have fast passes? Yes, in, for I, some reason. I think. Well, uh, Why? Well, Why no, would no. anyone need a fast pass for Philhar? <laughs> so dumb it my favorite attraction to, it just um, i mean look i love philhar magic too especially yeah. on the east coast when it when it's actually shown in the right kind of theater but you you just walk in in the middle of the day and you yeah. get a perfect seat it's like mm -hmm. what's what's the dealio it's no, even like having a fast pass for muppet vision like <laughs> yeah. do you still do that well, as well they, yes they, yeah, well, they still oh have my God. well, I know they got rid of fast passes, but a pre-pandemic. Well, right, right. yeah, we're, we're, yeah, we're talking pre-pandemic. Pre yeah. yeah. well, even on talking... the busiest days, even on the busiest days, Philar Magic is like it, it. It it gets no weight, but still gets a decent amount of people in the theater. So I mean, just like it's a it's a show. I mean, it, yeah, it's a must do, especially if you're going to the park for the first time. But it's it's one it just by nature of the kind of attraction it is you go midday and there's no huge line you know right. it's like what what's the big deal well, um post-pandemic the interesting thing is um that since fast pass has gone away the lines go figure the standby lines will actually move much quicker and people will get to the front of the line and are like wow we only waited like 30 minutes for space mountain it's like yeah that's what happens when they're not there's not fast passes like a good chunk of the ride's capacity is booked up to fast passes but the and way. there's other people that have commitments to other rides that if those go down they end up at space mountain the weird <laughs> thing is since the reopening going to the magic kingdom phil her magic had a 40 minute wait one time i went it was a 40 minute wait in Muppet yeah, well, Vision. Really was, because they have like, to distance. If anything, theater shows are the right, worst right. for yeah. doing all of that. I, I've only been, and living in Florida and also having been a pass holder, I only been back post pandemic uh, to the parks twice, uh, just in two separate parks. And like one time was better than the other because like August, I, we went to Epcot and there was like no one there. So like no one on Soren. And no one on like like any any of the rides, and then like come September when they started putting up the Halloween decorations, lots more people for some reason, and uh, I, I forget if I think Philhar Magic did have like quite a bit of weight uh, there when I was there, but I oh they're just part of the Halloween decorations. Ignore them. <laughs> uh, the, all the people that came is just part of the Halloween decorations. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyone that came dressed for halloween is part of the park yeah that was one thing <laughs> they're, that was they're legally fun. classified as furniture yes yeah yes that was, that was one thing that was kind of fun last year is they actually were like hey we can just have you in like, like you can just come in costume during normal park hours so that was kind of fun hey you <laughs> yeah you bill get back in the storage container you're not supposed to be <laughs> 
Um, so we should probably continue talking about the actual episode we're here to yeah. talk about. Yeah, we're, we're, we've been talking yeah. for almost so an the hour guy, at this point. Yeah, almost. <laughs> not even um, done with the first segment. Yeah, so, so so the father, uh, the, the, the other family's father, it, is, is his thing that they only go to the Grand Canyon every vacation? Yeah, because it's Grand. Be okay. Be, yeah. <laughs> That's... That's essentially me with Orlando because, like, I only go to Orlando on vacation instead of any other place. Yeah, but I mean, there's new stuff to do in Orlando every I, every year. Yeah, what's so. there to they're, do in the Grand Canyon? New, this year. It, it's, it's the Rock. same damn canyon every year. They're, they're not gonna. Could go on. They're the not train. gonna open a new canyon next door. <laughs> you could go on the Grand train Canyon by too. Bandits. But they do that at knots too. But the, they also add a rock every year. Oh, oh my really? god! Well, they, uh, you know, they were gonna open Grand Canyon Campus uh, <laughs> last year, but then the <laughs> pandemic. Grand Campus. <laughs> Grand Campus. Um, Is that where the rocks go to school or the rock training facility? Dwayne <laughs> the Rock Johnson. <laughs> that's, Let's that's, just keep making more rock puns. This is they're fantastic. adding it to the Jungle Cruise. They're <laughs> everybody stare at the rock. Oh, that's only funny if you've already been on this once. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> um, so Horseface the Equestrian Barbarian. That existed. That existed. Um, oh. The other thing that they um, and they get broken down a couple times. Bo- both both um, parties get broken down with like various engine problems because of course they do. Oh, of um, That's uh, what this episode reminds me of. Route 66. I can't believe I didn't didn't click root like all the statues and like the ridiculous signs and like all that it's oh yeah very route 66 i mean there's a whole there's a whole road that's roadside attraction highway that's highway 192 the other thing it passed which is funny because of course it's paired I, I can't imagine they weren't thinking about this but they're like oh and there's lard world i'm like so hold on you're saying here the lard world is across several state lines but then they bike to it later well it's just a cartoon well there's multiple and maybe it's like six flags where there's yeah. multiple L- lard, worlds. lard world over um lard world over um, danville lard world over danville versus lard world over um over the world's Colorado. largest pile of dishes in a sink. Yeah, Wait, which um, one is which one has the lard RMC? The RMC, if you will. RMC, RMC. Grace Thunder, I, designed by Alan Shulky. Oh no, <laughs> it's really, really, really greased this time. Um. So like. Uh, I, I think I know eventually in the episode they come across like one of the roadside attractions is um I forget the name of it, but it's a thing that's made out of ham. Hamasaur. Hamasaur. There we go. <laughs> yeah. So that where the where of course they make the Jurassic pork je- uh, joke. Jurassic pork. <laughs> Jurassic pork. Also, well, I, I guess like kind of bringing this up, but when I watched the Mitchells versus the machines, which by the way amazing movie i love it so much it's incredible um uh, when i watched that movie there was like a couple of moments like in the first act where i thought of this episode yeah (laughs) oh yeah sam yeah like specifically like like with uh hamasaur uh i don't know dinosaur i don't know if this was there is something with dinosaurs in mitchell's versus machines that i thought was really funny um because well, the I, whole that's... thing with um uh, with that is uh the, the one kid aaron is like obsessed with dinosaurs 
You would Have love you talk about dinosaurs, dinosaurs with me? <laughs> <laughs> me calling people, but about Epcot? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you want to talk about Epcot with me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, and Hamasaur. Uh, I, I forget what happens with Hamasaur exactly. Hamasaur that... ends up on the back of their RV. Yeah. Um, it ends up getting dragged down the river. And the other thing that happens is the Murphys end up getting picked up by a helicopter. Um, because for whatever reason, these government people are like trying to pick up cows, I guess. Yeah, what what was the deal with that? Was I, I don't even remember if that ever came back in the I series. feel like that might have come it back did. in like one other episode. It did. It came back it in a couple episodes. Uh I, I, I feel like that was episode nine. I feel like that wasn't okay. even the first one. Uh I, I I don't remember why they're there. They're just kind of there. And, and that's another one where it's like it's just Dan and Swampy going back and forth because you, you can tell <laughs> that that's them. I mean, speaking of um, speaking of being carried off, uh, a lot of the stunts they do with the RV, you know, uh, uh, being carried off and 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 you know, going off the road and being jostled all over the place in the river. A lot of that it was clearly CGI RVs. Oh yeah, I was needing to talk about that. But with the two D characters like placed within the windows of them, and it was a teensy bit awkward. It, yeah, it wasn't quite it wasn't quite seamless as it could it, be as it could have been it kind of looks like if you had like a like a real set but with like a musion version of a character almost mm. like um on on runaway railway how they do goofy in the engine it's like it kind of looks like that sort of uh, where it looks yeah. like they're in a 3d environment but they're obviously a two-dimensional character okay so right. if um, i remember correctly this they also fall into the grand canyon with the other rv well, they're not. It's not the Grand Canyon. It's just a cannon. Okay, it's a just canyon. a canyon. It's, just, okay. it's canyon. just some sort of raging river of some sort. Which, by the way, <laughs> that has to be the dirtiest, muddiest water I've ever seen in animation. Oh yeah, like yeah. cartoons. Cartoons usually default to clear blue water. Yeah, I think in this case they really wanted it to look as gross and unappealing as possible. Yeah, like, it's very. It, it didn't even just look muddy. It's like muddy and also just sludgy. Like and along with Milo causing all this damage, does he also have? Is he also immortal? Because how did they not like die on impact from this fall? <laughs> Again, it's a cartoon. Yeah, like, it's a yeah. cartoon. They make sure to get the color of the water right and authentic, but otherwise <laughs> but you got fucking helicopters and. Ham and aliens and hamasauruses. Who oh, cares? Yeah, true, I true. mean, we'll see physics going. We'll see physics going even further out the window in the next half of the episode. Oh yeah. Oh yes, of course. Um, and I think Dog like was. I think Dog was chasing after them this whole. Yeah, like, Dog. It's funny because the whole thing with um, Melissa and Zach was they were supposed to be watching Dog. Dog, and they're just chilling in the pool, and they're like. Hey, where's Dog? Have you seen him lately? And it just cuts to like a montage of him going to all the different places they were, so that he can go find them and be the Dogx Machina. Basically. Which, by which, by the way, I distinctly remember before Milo Murphy's Law even aired, they made a commercial for it just out of the shots of Dog running through all those uh, all those locations in this episode. Yes. like <laughs> like that was that was supposed to sell the whole series, I guess. Apparently, uh, and they wonder why it didn't do. No that idea much. why it got canceled. <laughs> By the way, Dog X Machina apparently is a, a like like X Machina is actually Dog's middle name. Yeah, 
<laughs> they really yeah, break um, the fourth wall with this show. Oh yeah. And, and 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 before we move on to the next segment, um, so they play it like a happy ending, but both families are now stranded, stranded. in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> like yeah, their RVs are gone. It's like what are are they are they just gonna die in the desert now? Probably have to eat each other for sustenance. Well, I mean, at the end of season two, spoiler alert, they're all on a different planet. And we never see anyone again because the show is in limbo forever. Yeah, they're just just stuck on that planet forever. So, D.O.G., go home. D.O.G. just flies out in space. The other thing I'll say with the river, um, what the river kind of makes me think of is when they were first um, filling and testing the the lazy river back when i was commissioning in volcano bay <laughs> looks like it was all this shit in there oh I'm like yeah this oh, is obvious if you fell in here you would probably die right now oh boy at least there's no electrical current flowing oh, through it oh i'm sorry did i say oh. ra- did i say lazy river i mean the action river yeah the, the fast moving river yeah i was that one. Oh my god <laughs> with the, the freaking wave machines which oh. are now deactivated last time I heard because people got hurt. Oh, gee, <laughs> people got hurt on those. Wow, I can't believe no one saw that coming. That's a total shocker. Uh, That's something I want to cover sometime <laughs> later is that disaster of a water park. I've only been once. Someday I will unpack all of that. <laughs> anyway, I'm not a big my water parks guy in general myself, <laughs> but that's I- another story. Yeah. Um, one one thing like during that whole river thing, uh, um, just I think they were like I think it was this episode they were like screaming and like you know just each individual scream and then it cuts to, to Melissa and Zach just kind of yep. at home and relaxing, yes. <laughs> just uh, like they're going ah 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 ah. That was that was like the inverse of one of my favorite jokes from Rocco's modern life, which of course (laughs) Dan and Swampy both worked on where uh, it it was an episode that didn't involve Rocco practically at all. Mm. Uh, It it involved, it was, it it involved heifer and it led to this climactic like showdown where everyone, all the characters were screaming at each other. And then it randomly cut to Rocco just sitting at (laughs) home screaming. It was I love that joke. What if what if they had ended the episode with that? They were just screaming in a cut to Melissa and uh, Melissa uh, and Zach. Melissa and Zach. Just, Melissa just and Zach, and then it just cut to the credits. Yeah, that, that'd all of them perfect. in peril, and then ah, it's my world, and we're all living in it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and the next and the next segment, they're okay. Let the kids work out their trauma on their own. Yeah. <laughs> So of course the next episode Stupid is kids. God, I hate them. <laughs> Sorry, so of course on. the next episode is Lard World, um, which is obviously a lot of fun because it's a whole chance for them to make fun of theme park stuff, which we and, love. And like, through the through the weirdest avenue possible, because it's like, yeah, we're gonna make a Lard themed amusement park. Like I thought Glove World was kind of stretching it, but no, they who comes up with an idea like Lard World, like. <laughs> Uh, I, I, like, I love theme parks and I get nauseated just looking at the place. Like, like who wants to who wants to be at a park where there's fucking lard everywhere? Or I I, I get Are maybe they were making fun of 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 how fattening all the food is. Yeah, at theme parks exactly. Or I guess. Yeah, I think that to, to was me, the point. 
to me, that's like uh state fair local fair foods to me because yeah, like i guess so because yeah. they, they have worse like more fattening foods there well, yeah Oreos but yeah but they don't literally water. have ride like flume rides with lard instead of water <laughs> no. i mean it's the, no yeah, this that's... was the part that when you got home drunk from the bar and you played roller coaster tycoon this is what you mm. built <laughs> ah gotcha gotcha <laughs> Lord I do Lord. love I do love that the tourists are repulsed and terrified by Lardy Boy, the, <laughs> the mascot <laughs> the of the place. Um, Who then inevitably causes the destruction of the place. Yes. And also, you'll notice it's a lard themed amusement park and almost no one's fat. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um the I, I couldn't even point out like exactly like all the rides that are there my as far favorite, as names. Uh, my favorite the donut ride is... the roller coaster the spinny uh which i think is a paratrooper maybe something like that mm. my favorite is the frying pan that flips the eggs that's kind of fun <laughs> it's kind of like that thing in spy kids that oh god yes Oh, uh, kind of like honestly, all those bullshit flat rides that they chroma keyed in over Six Flags over Texas. That's because if you want, if you look closely in the background of that scene, you can see Goliath and like Batman and Mr. Batman Freeze off to the and the side. empty building from the arcade. Yeah, in fact, like the even like uh, sorry, the do- the donut ride or was it? I don't know the donut ride or whatever. Yeah, donut, donut Mountain. Ride. Donut Mountain. I don't know why it kind of reminds me of the land of milk and cookies from Shark Boy and Lava Girl. So like just half expecting. Someone got those. drunk and watched a bunch of Robert Rodriguez movies and then was like, yeah, well, I'll boot up Planet Coaster. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> um, Donut Mountain, I was also kind of thinking might be a little bit of a stealth reference to that episode of Phineas and Ferb where they had the, the, the art exhibit that was the donuts over the mountain. Oh, I thought you were going to uh, reference the cheese theme park they did in Phineas and Ferb. No, but that was the thing that happened too, was the cheese theme park. So we might See, have a cheese theme park I can wrap my head around. Like, yeah, like cheese that I park, get. A cheese theme yeah. park in Wisconsin Dells would be amazing. Yeah, that, I, I, that I, would I make was going to say, I, I half expect there to be one in Wisconsin Dells. Like, there's no reason why there shouldn't be one. Just a, just a theme park all about cheese. Nope, um, sadly all they got is Mount Olympus. They, they got make a theme, the joke. It's they the got a theme park about mice. Earth. Why not? You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get a theme park well, all the about. Theme park would be infested with mice. Yes. <laughs> Just get a theme park overridden by cheese from Foster's home of imaginary fish. Well, oh, I'd still God. rather go there than the Ark Encounter. Oh yeah. Um. But so like when like. I, I, when Milo and uh, Zach and Melissa are on that donut ride uh, and, I, you know, they're just kind of having fun and whatever. And then they're about to go on. They're ta- they're talking about the big roller coaster, Grease Thunder. Grease Thunder. And <laughs> and, um, and I, I, I definitely remember this. Like, you know, Melissa up to this point has been like a very just kind of used to, you know, my like all the stuff dangerous stuff that's been happening around milo she can handle uh, anything but but in this moment like you know milo's like yeah you know let we can do this right you're like right melissa and then just kind of melissa melissa and then cuts to melissa all just like afraid paralyzed uh, paralyzed, paralyzed by like the, the sight of the coaster <laughs> um it's nothing and, okay it just seems like you're losing it big time 
<laughs> and I, when she explains like why she's afraid of roller coasters, uh, I, I really wasn't expecting the reason to just be that the roller coaster from episode one of Phineas and Ferb yeah, <laughs> landed on, on landed in her, on her science Wait. project. If it already, I thought we see it flying by in the end of this episode. No, it was, uh, uh, I, I don't remember. No, or is uh, it the shot where it shows it flying and then it falls? Yeah. It, yeah okay, it, that's what I'm getting confused with. Okay, I know there was a shot where it falls, and this is it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's in a flashback. It falls on her science project during the first day of summer. How does it not land on her? Um, uh, extraordinary luck. Yeah. Extraordinary. Law, Cartoon logic. Yeah, no effect. <laughs> but it traumatizes her, and yeah. Uh, and and yeah, they're already. This is episode what six, and they're already yeah. setting up that they're gonna do a Milo Murphy, Phineas and Ferb crossover someday, mm-hmm. which eventually leads to Doofenshmirtz crashing on the Murphy's couch <laughs> for all of season two. Right. As, just, as, as, as as kind of a knowing, winking metaphor for yeah, Doof's here, but we don't quite know what to do with him. Yeah, <laughs> he's just yeah. here because we really want people to watch this fucking show. Yeah, but they probably also really wanted to do to do the Doof character again. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah I mean I for sure. Doof. Of course. Um, I, I will point out that Dan has said that Hamster and Gretel, they're not going to go into it with the same um, way of, of planning to immediately do a crossover. I'm sure there'll be Easter eggs, but they're not like building up to a crossover at the end of season one, which I think is probably ultimately better because it lets the show stand on its own more. Because mm-hmm. I think part of the problem with bringing Doof on is that it kind of just was like, okay, well, you know, why, why are yeah, we it, doing this it, new show? It felt a little desperate. It, yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, I love Doof. I love that he was part of the show. Objectively, though, I, I, when I put on my cynical part of my brain, I'm like, okay, they want more people. They're they're desperate for viewers. They mm-hmm. they really yeah. want. They're bringing in this popular character to get more people to watch Milo Murphy, and I hope it works. And it didn't. What do you do? <laughs> nah. I. Um. But. Like then, you know, like when every okay, like when Melissa and like and Zach are you know talking about their, uh, you know what they're afraid of and stuff. Zach brings up that he's afraid of fish. I, Zach's afraid of fish. Yep, even just one singular like little fish. They were taking a pontoon down the river, and he's like, and then I'm Z- Zach the worst pan- place in the world. I didn't even know it yet. And Zach panics so hard that he gets out of the boat and whatever and his father is like hey you don't get out of the boat and there's their apocalypse now reference only Um, dan and swampy would put an apocalypse now reference in a disney channel cartoon and apparently it was so good they did it twice in the same scene never get out of the donut absolutely goddamn right (laughs) (laughs) except they didn't i'm paraphrasing Rule of three, they should have done one with, yes. Rule <laughs> three, they should have done one with Melissa later. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it Milo isn't so much concerned with rules of threes or True. rules in general. But True. um, but so of course the subplot of this episode is that Cavendish and Dakota are tasked with protecting protecting a bastid. No. Cavendish and Dakota are tasked with protecting a pistachio um, cart at the park. And I love the pistachio cart worker who's kind of like, yeah, these are a perfect theme park snack. You have to shell them yourself and someone else has to clean them up. Incidentally, that someone is me. 
That uh, pistachio booth guy, Henry, by the way, is voiced by Tom Lennon, uh, one of oh. Al's, one of Weird Al's best friends in real life. Uh, he's probably best known as Lieutenant Dangle on Reno 911, but he's also a very successful screenwriter. He co-wrote all three Night at the Museum movies, among others. Oh, neat. Wow. Cool. Yeah, and, and uh, he and his writing partner, uh, Robert Ben Garant, wrote a book a few years ago called writing movies for fun and profit with the fun and crossed out. Uh, <laughs> it's, it, it's a book basically about the nitty gritty of what it's really like to be, you know, a working screenwriter tasked with writing shit like Herbie fully loaded in, in, in the Hollywood system and how to, and, and basically a how to guide of how to work within the Hollywood system and make a shitload of money from it without you. And, and, and how to best navigate, you know, those rough waters uh, without, um, hopefully, um, hopefully without losing your mind. So, like, like, like they do a whole fucking chapter on how they agree that Herbie fully loaded, which has them both listed as co-screenwriters. They, they, they open the chapter by saying Herbie fully loaded is a piece of shit. We agree. We don't. <laughs> here's what went wrong on that one it's like we don't blame we don't blame the director we don't blame Lindsay lohan god bless her troubled little soul you know we don't blame we specifically blame this one disney executive who we won't name who didn't fucking who just threw out all these stupid arbitrary notes that didn't make any goddamn sense and actively ruined the movie it's <laughs> yeah it, it kind of felt like kirby fully loaded had some good things in it but even as a kid i was just kind of like um this movie seems very like it's, it's it seems very childish but it feels like there's like some good movie in here somewhere like it's just kind of lost the, in a lot of production stuff i don't is, know this is a true story tom lennon and ben garant got fired from herbie fully loaded because they refused to make the car smile. Oh like the, my The God. Disney execs oh were like, God. you should have him smile. <laughs> like his bump, like his front bumper turns up in a, in a thing. And they're like, that's not, and they're trying to explain that's not personality. That is a superpower. That's not. <laughs> Herbie not Paris. And Herbie they, and is they, the and Superman of the. Uh, that was the, they were they're already writing a goddamn Herbie movie, and that's where they draw the line and decide they have artistic integrity. Like they they even make fun of themselves for doing it. It's like in hindsight, we should have just had the fucking car smile. Like who do we think we are? We're not. Apparently, we're not. the executives just really wanted to wait for the technology to happen where they can finally make Herbie smile yep. physically. <laughs> I could God whatever. anyway. Next, they're uh, going to give it eyes and a mouth and have them voiced by Owen Wilson. Yep. <laughs> sure are. That same year, I just realized, by the way. Uh, the following year. The oh, was Cars it the following? Was, yeah, Herbie was 05, Cars was 06. Yeah. Oh, oh, wow. I got those confused. Oh, anyways. anyways. <laughs> anyway. But, um, so, uh, yeah, the the... the was it the pistachios part we were on? Yeah, and um, and, and yeah. Dakota and, and the other weird thing about this episode is that for this episode and I think only this episode, Dakota suddenly has this weird obsession with musical instruments. 
yeah it comes the fuck out of nowhere it feels like it was just (laughs) an improv i'm doing something i'm eating pistachios and playing harmonica and then (laughs) that leads to him he wants to learn to play the theremin and then the clarinet and it comes the fuck out of nowhere but it's funny so i guess it works um the other thing i love but also i didn't mention um the other thing that's mentioned in the uh discussion in in the donut on the donut ride is um Milo makes reference to, of course, the infamous llama incident. Oh, yes. Which I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of <laughs> sad that that wasn't the episode you ended up covering with um, with uh, Stealing Focus's Emily Clark. Yeah, that was that would have been fun. That would have been really fun with all the different um, theater references in that episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that would have been or that one or the opera one would have been yeah. with her, but but honestly, the llama incident episode contains possibly my favorite joke in all of Milo Murphy's Law is when they're going through, is when the song is going through all the various permutations of llamas. And it and finally the song goes, llama, comma, llama, comma, llama, comma, llama, comma, llama, <laughs> Oxford, comma, and llama. <laughs> so, so stupid, it's brilliant. <laughs> But did this, they feature a llama in a red pajama? I Why not? <laughs> oh, oh my god, so much llama. llamas. And pajamas. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my god. So the other thing when they're when they're setting up the whole pistachio thing is basically everything is um set up to pay off later where um Cavendish um specifically is like um uh, what about, you know will the stand withstand fire or an attack from a wild animal and uh and dakota's like well what about both yeah what about a flaming pig and you just know at that moment it's like okay there's gonna be a flaming pig yeah like like normally normally milo murphy works in setups to punchlines a little more uh, a, a little smoother than that like like they, that was one of the show's few clear examples of okay they're just setting this up to pay it off later and and you can and you can kind of tell but you know it works regardless i also, yeah. I also love uh you know i didn't even know there was a corporate there's always a corporate <laughs> and he's right there is that's always just, yeah. that's just true um yeah. <laughs> oh and of course um milo's fear is chinese finger traps which um, kind of ends up getting used during the the coaster chaos mm-hmm. and basically oh, i think this whole episode was primarily just okay we want to do a, a a classic kind of bit of roller coaster chaos with milo because of course we want to do roller coaster rabbit basically, basically yeah mm. milo it kind of reminded me of Roller Cowards from Spongebob. Yeah, I was uh, going to say like, that one too, the Fiery Fisto Pain. Basically, the, 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 the rule for cartoon roller coasters is it's not about realism. It's just about packing as many just insane gags oh, yeah. and anything you can think of into it. But the, the interesting thing about this particular roller coaster is that it's designed almost more like... Um, uh, a bobsled coaster that's that's filled with lard which again is this whole parks thing but it's like so it's not actually riding on a track and it's going upside down <laughs> you know how much time it took freaking uh Knobles to get flying turns to function properly <laughs> but it's a cartoon so yeah it's a cartoon <laughs> i noticed that twice in this episode 
Melissa specifically says, oh my lard, oh my as lard. a pun. Uh. But, but both times, the subtitle on Disney Plus just reads, oh my oh lord. My lord. <laughs> so they don't, so the subtitles don't get the joke. The, the subtitles are not paying attention. Nope. I was really sad to find out that this had been corrected, but this is a, a tangent, but a tangent on the podcast is not a cool acronym. Wow. You, you never heard, you never no, heard. It's thing. unheard of. It's unheard of. Um, I refuse to but, accept it. I remember back in the day when I would watch Disney Channel, they would play like the Cars tunes. And it was like the, the person who wrote the closed captioning was like drunk or like on drugs or something. It made absolutely no sense. It's like, how, how were, were they like just banging on a keyboard? How did they write this? Was that exactly how it looked? Was it just like random I mean, gibberish? It was like it would get some things right, and then other things would be like completely like like wrong or gibberish. And you know, I I the the thing is, the people in charge of of actually typing that shit up, they have to work under just ridiculous schedules, and right, they they, yeah. they, they almost have to do it in real time. It's it's kind of ridiculous, actually. Uh, so you know. Have some pity on them. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Although my thought, because it, it, it aired like that many, many times, I'm like, nobody ever noticed this thought to fix it. Huh. Yeah. I just but... realized another thing about this episode with Milo's, with, with, with Milo. Um, he has like a Chinese finger trap on him the whole time. Yeah. Uh, and he's, I, I, he's like, fr- yeah, that's his fear is just Chinese finger traps. <laughs> like, <laughs> Which is just completely random. Yeah, um, but you know, it's a it's a show that revels in random humor. And that's which is it's the it. perfect show to cast Weird Al Yankovic. So mm-hmm. right. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, Chinese finger traps. Okay. Um, um, the other joke when, I really like is um, uh, Melissa is the Joan of Arc of theme parks. Didn't she get burned at the stake? <laughs> she was. Yeah, but she wasn't afraid of roller, roller coasters. coasters. She was not. <laughs> oh, okay. I guess that makes me feel a little better. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then Zach realizes that, oh, uh, maybe getting on a roller coaster with Milo isn't a good idea. And he ends up right. staying behind at the station. Yeah. I did that. I, I I did that to my mom once. I, I fucking bailed on a... As, as a prank, I bailed on a roller coaster at the last minute. And... <laughs> It was it was not nice of me, but I was a kid. Oh. Whoa. What are you gonna do? <laughs> well, uh, God, I think I well, I kind of did the same, except I was actually afraid of coasters, so I bailed on Space Mountain one time <laughs> as a kid. Can we can we talk about how tall this roller coaster is to the point where there's a, a Boeing like seven forty seven? Like, yep, a few feet away. <laughs> Look, there's and the top like of a- that plane again. Hi, plane. Is well, that where somebody... the Velocicoaster is? <laughs> it better be. But all I can think of, all I can think of is how close Kentucky Kingdom is to the airport. I was going to bring that up. Yeah, they, they, how the planes like get Kingdom. really close to Storm Chaser. <laughs> there's a there's a POV that um, Coaster Studios shot where they actually saw a plane taking off as they were like going through the barrel roll drop. Wow. It gets so close. It's like right because it seriously is like right across the street from the airport. So that'll be interesting. That is I got, nuts. <laughs> I gotta say the Velocicoaster is tall enough to have a bird 
nest on it. So I mean, yes, you know, they had an actual osprey constantly nests on the top of that thing. It's like that shot in Phineas and Ferb where they're panning up the coaster and the bird goes. Bing. <laughs> um so uh so yeah like so melissa like finally goes on the coaster but kind of fully takes in that milo is riding with them um and yep. oh, look the safety railing came loose just like last time uh yeah that ride operator is about to um get fired and probably about to lose your job and probably also legal action because, like, yeah. <laughs> Small child dies on lard coaster. <laughs> um, uh, also, you notice when the ride vehicle drops, uh, Wilhelm scream. Did anyone else notice that? Ow! Classic, classic, classic sound effect. Uh, of course. Of Is this the fastest roller coaster in the world? Question mark. Well, if it's like 500 freaking feet tall, probably. I mean, there's going to be a point where it just hits terminal velocity. Terminal velocity. It's like that ride they were going to design to kill inmates or whatever, the loopy thing. That was never actually a thing. What? People were like, oh, this was, they were supposed to build it. No, they were not, that was just a hypothetical oh. thing for a project. Oh, that uh, was a hypothetical thing? Okay. I, actually, the other thing I, I'm, I can think of is um, that, that fish hook roller coaster they wanted to build onto the stratosphere that would have been like 900 feet tall and it would have more or less than on it because they're like oh it would have been a roller coaster i'm like that's like a glorified drop ride though if it doesn't actually like if it has to take an elevator up to the top and then just drops it's like that's just a drop ride but whatever that's just one yeah, of those hus things that used to be at cedar point the demon drop that's essentially yeah. what it was yeah it's, it's, it's like a glorified it would have even been enclosed because like they, they were worried about noise from the neighborhoods near or the the neighborhoods nearby hearing noise nearby i'm like you live in Las Vegas. Uh, <laughs> anywho. Anywho. Uh, anywho. Discontinuing the random theme park references. I mean, well, I mean this whole episode was going to be random theme park references. It always was. True that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it was when, inevitable. But when they're finally, like, riding the ride and stuff, for one, uh, like, Melissa, Melissa and Milo are, <laughs> they're finger trapped together. Of course. Um, into so like they're, Melissa's just holding on to the to the bar with one with one hand and uh just yeah and the coaster goes and all this ridiculous you know food stuffs happens there's and a heart they go through. yeah there's a heart that they, that they go through and there's a clogged artery uh, oh <laughs> oh my goodness all the yeah it's uh laugh riot <laughs> <laughs> But, especially yeah but anyway um and i and they like go through the ride twice yeah, <laughs> yeah it jumps the track it jumps the track and the ride starts falling apart and then they wind up back at the top and melissa's like we're going through that whole thing again milo's like no i think it'll be a little different this time and the <laughs> whole freaking thing just starts falling apart like you thought that um, the roller coaster falling apart in Final Destination 3 made no sense. It's like, no, this makes <laughs> even less sense. How many times has Milo caused the roller coaster to fall apart? That's what I was wondering. If Milo's ridden this before, All has the this times. already happened? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was, let, this he was keeps a spare roller coaster Milo... in his backpack. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> this was actually the last time Milo Murphy was allowed at Lard World. 
We had built too many roller coasters and paid Milo RMC Murphy was too much money. from Lard World after the incident. He also drunk out of the Lard fountains. And, <laughs> and when the and when it's fun and when the ride is finally done, the ride vehicle sinks in the Lard. So this episode predicted last year's Splash Mountain incident with the. Yep. With the with the fucking ride vehicle sinking and the, the and, and that uh, video that went viral and, for like and a the day. jungle cruise too. Oh well, yeah, know, would the Lord World cast member get mad at them for getting out of the ride vehicle? I'm yeah, sure you know, he did. Yeah, you know, you just, you have to remain sinking. You know, these you these characters the were were listening to the cast member. It's like uh, okay, uh, but anyways, he would have drowned. Well, there's a leak. This is not there's safe. a leak in the boiler room. Sorry. <laughs> Tom Waits impression. There's a leak in the oh. boat. <laughs> ah, ah. And um, the episode ends the only way it can with a 2001 A Space Odyssey parody <laughs> involving Lardy, Lardy Boy. Boy's disembodied head. <laughs> How did it get sent to space again? It doesn't matter. It's because cartoon. Space. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I got hit by the roller coaster or the, the pistachio exploded. No, no, no. Uh, oh, I, oh, uh, the, oh the, I, I thought we were talking about the 2001 reference. <laughs> oh, and with the pistachio thing. Um, so the the shield, whatever that they build around it works and they take it down and then it immediately, of course, gets destroyed by the flaming pig. Um, <laughs> and then something else like ends up crushing it after that. I think that was Lar- Lardy Boy's head, or no, no, Lardy Boy's head lands on like the end of a uh, like a like a plank of wood or something that's sticking out from that, and uh, launches the flaming pig towards the the fish. Lardy Boy's which... head gets hit by the aliens. <laughs> yeah, which, they're just. I don't know if they had an episode yet, but like these two aliens, they just. They're like Kang and Kudos. Because they were in the kind of. the first episode. They were in right. Go the extra Milo. Yeah, they they abducted Milo and Zach in that brief gag. And and yeah, the, this show established from the pilot episode. Oh, there's fucking aliens there's in this aliens. thing. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, the God. other thing with the pistachio plot, um, there's there's a there's a bit earlier where there's a, a woodpecker that um that um crap. Uh, cracks and causes to fall a large heavy um, ball for something Um, and it almost crushes the pistachio cart but the shield is successful Um, but Cavendish gets uh, crushed by and Dakota's like if you're still alive can we go home was that foreshadowing for what happens later oh (laughs) Maybe well with the island of the Lost island Dakota. of Lost yes, the island of Lost maybe Dakota. I don't yeah I hadn't thought of that but yeah oh it's man a, it's like, they, they, like, they're hiding like, head can I'll go I'll go bring you back but they're planting the seeds not those seeds but they're planting those never mind Anyways. planting pistachio seeds yeah pistachio seeds. take over the world mm-hmm. uh, of course um, so, um, I think that's just about everything with this episode. Any final thoughts? Any any other things anyone wants to bring up? I really love this show. Even yeah. it just gets so <laughs> ridiculous, it's hard not to enjoy. It's yeah, this show, it's so it's so funny and so like well thought out. I would say. I mean, even for random humor, it still feels like a well thought out show. Like in terms of like what's funny and everything, and uh. A total totally fun show and as far as this episode or these two segments uh i absolutely love the lard world episode or the uh murphy's lard episode like 
just kind of being a person that loves theme parks, like, just, I, I don't know. I just had fun just being like, uh, oh, wow, you know, to everything. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah. It was, it was so much fun. Um, and uh, even just one more thing to get it out of the way, the just uh, when they did the coaster twice, like like when they did it like a second time in a row, it just reminded me of when Kevin Hart and Jimmy Fallon did the Rip Ride Rocket. <laughs> <laughs> and at the end of that, you know, like Jimmy, Jimmy was like, you did great. We're going to go again. And then Kevin's like, we're doing what now? What? <laughs> <laughs> and they actually did it again. <laughs> so this is kind of a kind of a random tangent, but it's really funny because people will always come in to unload at Space Mountain and be like, can we go again? I'm like, I can't. It would literally break the entire ride to send you around through the the lift hill to go back to the load station. Because it goes yeah. back into the like it goes back it goes back into the dome and yeah, goes there's up a, there's over. a part. Well, it's all under the dome, but there's a part where there's like really low clearance with another turn. So yeah, we mm. could you could never ride through that. It would literally break the whole ride. I don't know. Like, yeah, does well. it does it just go up that lift and turn back in the load, or does yeah, it do something just, else? It, go, it, it literally just goes around, goes up the lift, and then turns, and then that's the load station. Because um, in the middle of that is so it where would, the storage area is. So oh, it yeah. would decapitate you, is what you're well, saying. So, when are you not going to get decapitated? So, the, so, on Walt Disney World so Weird Mountain? Al's a complicated song was about Space Mountain. Yeah, about the roller coaster that decapitates you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so that should have been that should have been the roller coaster on the opening credits of escape from tomorrow because that's <laughs> that's accuracy right there oh no off uh, with his head so but, um uh, here, my final thought is the lard world should stop letting milo murphy ride the roller coasters <laughs> because yeah. then they have to rebuild them all and every time they rebuild the roller coasters. It just strays further and further from Lardy Boy's vision. I mean, it's not <laughs> what Lardy Boy would have wanted. It's what would Lardy Boy have wanted? Lardy <laughs> Boy would not replace Donut Mountain with the princess in the frog ride. <laughs> the princess in the frog. Yes. The, <laughs> the princess in the frog. That was the same Donut Mountain. Save Donut Mountain. So, um, I think that's about it. I I love this episode. It's a lot of fun. I think both halves are really fun. I think the they're a great pair because it it kind of you know goes together naturally. The road trip and the theme park, which again is why I picked this episode for um today. Um, so you actually pick your episodes, fucking poser. Well, that calls oh, me out. Is, <laughs> Randomizer live. Well, <laughs> uh, so does anyone have anything they want to plug? I have my own podcast that was directly inspired by both this very podcast and Tony's podcast. It's called It Came from Disney Plus. It is a take on mystery science theater almost, but it's where we purposely watch the bad stuff that Disney has created from everything from Star Wars to Disney Channel. I invite my friends on uh, every other weekend and we just watch terrible Disney Channel shows and movies. It's fun. I uh, also have a podcast called The Realm of Immersion, uh, where we just talk about movies, TV and theme parks. Eventually, we'll get to theme parks and, uh, you know, you can find that on Spotify and wherever. And you can also follow it on Twitter at Realm Immersion and 
I also have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Andrew Productions, where I do theme park vlogs and other content that I'm going to get to. And uh, and you can also follow me at aproduction09 on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And I have a podcast called Escape from Vault Disney, where we review movies, TV shows, and short films available on Disney+, Plus, chosen completely at random. I've had Chandler on the show, and we and like we said, we have covered other Milo Murphy's Law episodes on two separate occasions. You can find that show on Spotify, Audible, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever else podcasts are available. I've also got a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Tony Goldmark, where you can find all three seasons of my web series, Some Jerk with a Camera, along with a bunch of other videos about movies and theme parks. And you can follow me on Twitter at Tony Goldmark, as well as the show Escape from Vault Disney on Twitter at EFVD Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Starport97 and at the YouTube channel Starport97. I've got a handful of episodes of my flagship show, Theme Park Backlot, on there, and I'm still planning on doing the Disney Springs video, but that's still a ways off. Especially since I'm going to be starting a new series of vlogs that are a combination of a vlog and a scripted video, all about my current road trip adventure. Once again, you can follow all of that on my Twitter accounts at Starport97. I'll be posting regular updates about the trip as it happens, and you can follow it on YouTube once the trip has concluded. You can also follow this podcast at Podcast Acronym on Twitter, at Podcast Acronym. If you like this and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe. I'm on all the usual places, Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and I'm now available on iHeartRadio and Audible. Leave us a review, give us five stars, and share us with your friends. Hi, this is Chandler from the future. Well, future relating to when we recorded that podcast, because we recorded that podcast several weeks ago. Um... So, as mentioned at the top of the episode, I'm currently in the middle of this amazing road trip adventure, and it's been absolutely incredible. The only problem is I am not going to be able to release an episode next week just because I don't have one prepared, and I'm most likely just going to want to sleep when I get back on um, Sunday night and Monday. I'll try to get one recorded on Tuesday so that we can have... New episodes again every week starting the week after this coming Monday. Uh, and I don't know what we're even going to be covering yet because I haven't recorded it yet. And I haven't coordinated getting it recorded yet. But um, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time.